0: know what time it is. You know what time it is. Welcome to the Infinity Sports Podcast, part of Belly Up Sports. It's me, Sully. I'm taking the lead today. We got Wayne over here. We got Jesse down here. (laughs) Jesse making the guest appearance, blessing us with his beautiful face. Uh, We appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Once again, we are brought to you by Belly Up Sports. We really appreciate you being with us. Excuse me. We got a uh, exciting show today. I'm going to take the lead. So you're going to get a lot of uh, running and gunning on this one, guys. Uh, But it's going to be a fun show for sure. We got a lot to talk about. The NFL playoffs, uh, the uh, NCAA championships, Francisco Lindor trade that we didn't get to. All kinds of stuff to get to. So, yeah, let's get it.
1: I see uh, Caroline Fowler put the the flex.
0: Hey, that's my cousin. (laughs) Love you, Caroline. You're the best. She's always supporting us, watching us. She's the best. Uh, So honestly, like I said, we're going to wing a lot of this. So the first thing we're going to talk about, which we probably didn't plan to talk about first, but since now the show's on Sunday, is NFL playoffs. Uh, I think it's the best thing. First thing that just happened. It's fresh on our minds. Let's get to it. Uh, We were talking about it a little beforehand. Uh, Let's do the first game. Uh, First uh, Packers-Rams. <clears throat> really no shock to me. Uh, if we'd have done the predictions beforehand, I thought it was going to be 35-13. I've got a ton of coworkers who can vouch for that. Um, I, and I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing this whole playoffs. Uh, what would you guys think?
2: Yeah, in that matchup of, you know, the Packers' number one offense against the Rams' number one defense, um, we were really going to, you know, see which side was better. And I think, you know, it came to no surprise to anybody, at least on this show, that the Packers rose above, that Aaron Rodgers rose above. Um, I wasn't really impressed with the Rams offense coming into the game. Uh, Jared Goff wasn't 100%, as we know. Um, And uh, Cam Akers actually did a pretty decent job, as he did last week. But uh, overall, the Packers really overwhelmed them, especially in the second half.
1: Yeah, for me, I think that the the biggest thing – I saw Brandon had made his prediction before the game of 31-17, so he was right there. And – yeah, I mean, like Jesse touched on it before we got on the air that once Aaron Donald went out and you can't put pressure on Aaron Rodgers and, I mean, give him all the time in the world to throw and he'll kill you.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, not. I, mean, I think, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm one of the biggest Jalen Ramsey fans on the planet, to be quite honest with you. Um, I love his – the way he talks. I love the way he acts because to be fair, he always backs it up. Uh, he's, and he's never like not played or done anything like that. So even when he had his issues in Jacksonville, the guy showed up and played at a, at an all pro level. So, um, I, I think he's one of the best, but Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers took that boy to school. And I just think it's, it's more of a testament, I think, to Rogers and the offense though. Yeah. And his mind and his brain than it is like, Javante Adams feeling Jalen Ramsey?
2: Yeah, Rogers' acumen really um, was flexing in the second half. Uh, you know, he really knew what to do with that defense. Um, and, you know, as Wayne had touched on, you know, the limited stats for Donald really limits what that team can do defensively. Um, and we didn't, when you don't have Jalen Ramsey playing at his best, um, then that defense is certainly hurting. So I think it was no surprise to any of us that the Packers ended up winning that game. Wayne, I appreciate you bringing up our buddy Brandon because I'll never forget his preseason prediction <laughs> of uh, you know that 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 same old crap, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and man did he look masterful last night. I hope I hope Brandon Combs watched every second of that game.
1: Got, uh comments coming in fast and furious. So just going uh, through uh, Paula Ray Visonet, Biss- uh, go Saints.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Mama Bear.
0: Uh,
1: Evelyn Fowler, we have uh, watching with you, nephew.
0: Oh uh, nice, no, that's my heart. Yep. Uh
1: Carolyn says uh love you, so I guess that's your comment there. Uh Tyler Jewell says uh you guys are great. And uh again, Paul Arabis net with Roger should be the MVP. He and too that- I mean, he was your preseason pick for MVP. Like I said, Brandon touched. I mean, not Brandon. uh, Jesse, sorry about that, Jesse. Jesse, (laughs) Jesse
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's good. Jesse
1: uh, touched on that. uh, You know, Brandon had mentioned that Aaron Rodgers was going to have another one of those crappy Aaron Rodgers years, and like all he did was throw for 48 touchdowns and four picks or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. All he did was have a career high in touchdowns. Now, just to touch on the Rams a little bit, because honestly, I think this team is like great. Uh, Like. What can they do? What do you guys think they can do to get better and to take that next step? Do you think Jared Goff is that guy? Do you think they just need a weapon? Like, like what do you think they need?
2: I think they need another weapon. Um, you know, I'm not really sure that their wide receivers right now are, are, are really overwhelming. Um, they're not some, something that's going to really make a defensive coordinator, um, you know, not be able to sleep at night. Uh, so I think if they were able to get a playmaker – Um, whether through free agency trade or the draft. There's a lot of uh, ways that they can do that, but I think it would be best for them to add a weapon to that offense. I like Tyler Higby as their tight end. Um, I'm not sure how young a lot of their offensive line is. I do know Whitworth is like 57 years old, so um, maybe it'd be best of them to continue to protect their quarterback if they're going to plan to invest in Goff and stick with him long term.
1: See, now I've seen Jared Goff's DNA test, and he's 100% that guy. Um- <laughs> In in my opinion, he is completely legit. I think uh, Jared Goff has all the tools to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, he's not right now, but he has all the tools to do it. Uh, He's the right size. He's got a great arm. And we talk about adding weapons. I mean, the guy, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, all they do is grab 10 balls every game, you know, and and Higby is a nice weapon. Cam Akers looks like he's coming along. He is a rookie. If I was going to add anything to that team, I would add a, a really fast, um, You know, impactful defensive end. Somebody that when you double team Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald, you're going to pay for it because that end is going to be one on one.
0: I agree. I think a defensive end would would hold an entirely huge impact to the wide receiver point. I mean, there are a litter of them that are free agents this year. Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, the list goes on and on. Antonio Brown, Curtis Samuel. There's a lot this year. Will Fuller. So I think somebody, a lot of these teams, I think are going to be able to add a weapon. But uh, I agree. I love Robert Woods and and Cooper Cup, but also I don't think either strikes fear.
2: Yeah, I, I think those guys really do a lot between the numbers. But when it comes to the red zone, I don't really think those guys are the difference makers that the Rams need.
0: And to the second game, the Bills versus the Ravens. Uh, again, no shocker here. If you're in, if you're in Sully camp, because Lamar Jackson isn't a good quarterback, uh, so he's not going to win you playoff games, plain and simple. But uh, Josh Allen overcame some early struggles and and played really well, uh, and that defense played extremely well. What do you think of this Bills team? Are they legit or, or what? They got a shot of this thing? Can they actually beat the Chiefs again or or, or
2: what? I think they, they absolutely have a chance. Um, I think the stage is going to continue to get bigger for Josh Allen. So hopefully, you know, uh, the jitters don't overtake him and uh, they're, the offense's ability to be able to make a difference early in games. You don't want to dig a hole against a team like Kansas City. Um, but I think in that matchup that they had um, against the Ravens, um, you know, they passed a lot more than I expected them to. Um, I think early on I saw a graphic that said there was like 23 pass plays to one run play. So it was really shocking to see um, that there wasn't uh, as much balance as I expected from an NFL program like, you know, run by Brian Dable. Um, But uh, overall, I think the Bills did what I expected them to do. I thought it was going to be a much closer game, um, but it seemed much more defensive throughout the first half. To me, they're a legitimate number two seed.
1: I mean, that's what they are. And I don't think they're as good as the Chiefs, but I also don't want to count my chickens before they hatch and think about how they'll do against the Chiefs because the Chiefs could lose to the Browns today. I mean, that is a possibility. And then we'd look like idiots trying to predict this Bills-Chiefs matchup. <laughs> you know, so, uh, for, so for me, I think that just looking at the team, the biggest impact to me is that acquisition of Stefan Diggs in the offseason. I mean, the guy had 10 grabs, and just, you, you add a receiver like that. And I like John Brown. I really do. But he's not Stefan Diggs. And so I think giving J- uh, Josh Allen that kind of a weapon as a receiver – only helps him, and we've seen that in his accuracy numbers this year, which went from 59 you know, percent to, like, 69% or 68%. Like, he was really legit this year, and I think that this team is going to be a really tough team to beat, primarily because of their defense, though. I think that the, if their defense can lock down whoever they're playing against, it gives them a chance. Personally, even though I'm not going to count my chickens before they hat, I do think the Chiefs are the favorite, uh, and I would, if they were to play against the Chiefs, I would pick them to lose to the Chiefs, but I would pick them to win against the Browns.
2: Yeah, it's true. I think Diggs is one of those guys that does scare defenses as far as a wide receiver. Um, But it also does help to have a guy like Cole Beasley, too. I think he's a guy that continues to get first downs and those, uh, you know, over-the-middle catches. So uh, that offense isn't just some schlup. So I think between the offense and the defense – um, I'm pretty sure their their head coach uh, Sean McDermott started as a defensive guy, so I think this team is really well rounded, and I'm excited to see what they do in the next round, whether it's against Cleveland or Kansas City. Um, I I don't know if we're gonna get a chance to preview the next game, so you know that's you know that's your car to drive, but uh, I I hope we do. No. Yeah. Uh, uh...
1: Well, oh, I just don't want to step on your toes so. So a couple more comments. My aunt uh, says, hi, Wayne. So, hi, uh, Kate. How's it going? Nice.
0: Everybody's aunts are jumping yeah, off. What's yeah. up? I don't and then
1: uh, our go triple go. shot sports uh, brother here, Brandon Combs, says too much talk about Lamar losing the game. They missed three field goals and the Bills defensive game plan was pretty flawless. And then, of course, he says uh, this was more about the Bills defense than Lamar not getting it done.
0: See, I hate that kind of like,
1: like... Why not both?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Why not both? Why could he not play poorly? And the defense also played well. Like, the guy didn't play well. There's a lot of times where defense plays well. How many times has Tom Brady been in a defensive game and the guy balls out and still, and still does something great and wins the game? Now, I know we're not trying to compare Lamar Jackson to Tom Brady, but still, like, great quarterbacks do great things in great times. Aaron Rodgers just lit up the number one defense in the league. Like, 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 don't tell me Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback because he's not...
2: He's no. got to pass the ball more.
0: He does. They just have to pass the ball more. I get scheme in the running, but you can't take that many hits as a as a quarterback, and you have to pass to succeed in the playoffs, like you just do.
1: And I'd seen the comment that you know a running quarterback will never win a, ever win a Super Bowl. They said you know somebody like Patrick Mahomes, he's not a running quarterback. He's a quarterback who can run. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who can run. You will never find a quarterback where the offense is predicated on them carrying the ball fifteen to eighteen times a game that can win a Super Bowl.
2: I agree with that comment. I think at that point, your offense becomes too predictable.
0: Exactly. 100%. <clears throat> now, what do these Ravens do to take the next step? Because now this is two years in a row that they've been <clears throat> elite, a good solid team, maybe not elite this year, but a good team, and they've fallen short again of expectations. Uh, where do they go to address? Do they get a receiver? Do they get a defensive talent? Do they? I mean, I think personally they need a lot of offensive line help, but beyond that, what do you think they guys need?
2: I think they start on offense because I think they made plenty of additions on that defensive side. You know, Calais Campbell, um, uh, they uh, drafted uh, Queen. I think their defense was really standout this year. I think they did a great job. I think the help is really, you know, to be had on the offensive side. Um, I think they have a good running back um, that uh, in Dobbins um, who can both run and catch the ball. Um, so I would say it's got to be offensive line or receiver that they're going to need help in.
1: Yeah, so for me, I know we had them drafting Wyatt Davis in our mock draft, uh, which obviously would be a, a help to them. I don't think they necessarily need an offensive weapon. They did get J.K. Dobbins last year. I think he's going to be tremendous. Uh, he fits in with what they do. I do like Marquise Brown. Obviously, I like uh, the tight end. Is Andrews is uh, a great tight end. So for me, looking at the, and like you said, Jesse, the their defense is always stacked. They just plug in anybody there, and their defense is going to be a top-three defense. So for me, what I think that they need the most isn't something you can get through the draft, and that is a new offensive coordinator. I think they need somebody to bring in to work with Lamar Jackson and say, listen, we need you to be more of a passer. This is how we're going to scheme our game plans from now on is you as a passer. And if you can't cut it, then we need to get another quarterback. But we're not going to win doing it this way.
2: I agree. No,
0: I actually, I actually agree. I mean, you've got you've to find somebody that's able to mold him into a player that can pass the football and develop an offense, maybe like Kyle Shanahan's, to where you use his movement to make passing easier for him, where he's rolling out and throwing and things like that. Throws he he likes and he can easily make. Excuse me, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, Brandon does say uh, he's not a great quarterback, but his 69 touchdowns, 18 interception ratio would say he's a pretty good quarterback.
0: I mean, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that's that's the ratio I care about.
1: Yeah,
0: I you want yeah exactly. What's his playoff win record?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, that can be. Misconstrued because you could have a great, like you said, you could have, be a quarterback throws for four hundred yards a game, four touchdowns, and your defense sucks, and you go zero and three. You're like, oh, what's your playoff record? Yeah, but he's you not. Know? Look at his yeah, playoff. Right, I'm just stats. Saying I don't want to just use that yeah. as his yeah, thing. I mean,
0: look at his playoff stats. Look at his time when he's down in the fourth quarter. In the in the, he's a great quarterback when he's up by fifteen. Yeah,
2: if yep. he can run the ball, that's what teams do when they're up. Yeah.
1: I like the touchdown to interception ratio when we're talking about does he protect the football, which obviously he does. But my concern is his completion percentage and the yards per game. If you're completing 64% of your passes in a year where quarterbacks are setting records for completion pe- percentage rates, you're really a 59 to 60% completion guy during, when there's fans in the stands. Secondly, if you're throwing for 197 to 210 yards per game, you're still not a passing quarterback. Like you've got to be up in the 260 to 270
2: range. Agreed. That's Cam Newton-esque. Um, I think – Um, You know, we also didn't mention the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't finish this game. Um, So I wanted to bounce it off you, but I was pretty sure that his um, his leading to not finishing the game was part of a play where he threw an interception. Um, He ended up uh, getting concussed, I believe, um, on uh, trying to tackle the play or get into that play where he threw an interception.
0: No, it wasn't an interception. It was intentional grounding safety. He got pushed down and as he was falling backwards his head slams back and as soon as his head slams back he he, he reaches up and grabs his head too um so you know it looked it did look kind of bad um it looked like it it probably rocked him a bit like you he whiplashes bad down it wasn't a dirty play or a bad hit or anything like that it was just the way he lands um and you know, it is what it is. It's an unfortunate thing. Um, it's tough to blame him for that, obviously. Like, you can't knock the guy for that. I mean, he was 14-24 to 24 before that, though. So, like, you know, he wasn't he wasn't lighting the world on fire or anything. The, does uh, uh, kind
1: of say what I said. Uh, Peyton Manning had a losing <laughs> record in the playoffs, but like we mentioned, he also threw for 300 he, yards a game, you
0: know. And, and show his playoff stats. He wasn't the reason they were losing games.
1: He said his first nine seasons in the NFL, he was horrible in the postseason. Um, I don't know about I, or, but I don't know. I'd have to look into it. Um, I know he was like a one and done guy. He was a like Kevin Garnett of quarterbacks Uh, and then we have David Stanley says Ravens need to take note on what the Bills did in getting an elite receiver that will push Lamar to the passing threat you know I don't know because Josh Allen was still throwing the ball 35 times a game before he had Stefan Diggs he just wasn't completing a lot of them they don't trust Lamar Jackson to throw it 35 times a game he's throwing it 18 to 25 times a game and so I think that adding an elite receiver yeah it helps but again I think that their need is more of an offensive game plan altogether Marquise Brown is a really good receiver but he needs a better game plan
0: I don't yeah. think Marquise Brown's a one though.
1: No, but he's a he's uh I'd say he's a, a one B. Like he's kind of a two, I but he,
0: I think one he, on that I game. guess he's I think he's a I think he's a solid top end two, but I don't think I'd ever want him as my number one guy. And and but this isn't like a passing team though. So I guess like are they gonna go out and try to get a number one guy?
2: Hey, know. so uh, Combs did bring up uh, the fact that the Ravens kicker uh, Tucker ended up missing three field goals. wild. I that forgot we were talking because uh, he is w- probably one of the better kickers in the NFL right now, and uh, I you think know the most accurate of all. time. I think he's the most accurate kicker of all time. So, yeah. so for him to miss three in one game is definitely a shock. That wind was
0: whipping, though.
2: The, the, there were doinks. Um, yeah.
0: That wind was whipping.
2: Hey, you get a scraping clock for points, and you can't really trust and rely on your quarterback. It's true.
0: It's true. I mean, nine missed points is a lot of missed points. So, and then uh, that's a pick six, like that was one of the touchdowns was a pick six. So, I I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot. So, all right, well, fuck it. Let's just jump into the, uh, uh, previews of today's game and we're going to not start with the most exciting game of the day. So we'll start with the Browns and the chiefs. Um, You know, Baker Mayfield and that Browns team looks scary. I talked about last week how I think they're a team that's kind of set up to win playoff games. Uh, They got an unfortunate draw with the Chiefs here because the Chiefs are a juggernaut. But uh, what do you guys think? Where are we going here?
2: Uh, Have you guys uh, seen plenty of the highlights of their college, the Oklahoma-Texas Tech? Because I've seen that at least three or four times. That game was fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, I I
1: don't (laughs) think it's going to be 65 to
2: 58. (laughs) No, no, no. I don't think we're putting up, you know, what is it, like 1,600 yards of offense. But uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I think that this Cleveland team is no joke. This isn't the Cleveland team um, that, you know, we grew up making fun of with that, you know, laundry list of names on the back of their jersey. (laughs) I think the running backs um, are for real. I think um, Baker has certainly matured um, over the years. Um, His offense um, is certainly going to help him. I mean, not having uh, Odell there, um, I think maybe it's helped him. Um, it's helped him um, and that offense, um, but I give this team a chance. I don't think that they're going to get steamrolled. Um, I know that Kansas City has just a litany of weapons, um, and they are for sure, you know, the number one seed, the legit number one seed. But I give Cleveland more of a chance, and I think I would have in any previous year.
1: Well, for sure, and I think that you know Brandon comments. He says Browns thirty-eight thirty-five, and I think that it's not unrealistic to think the Browns could win this game. I don't because I think that they could win this game. I just think if it's going to be a shootout, the Browns lose this game. You cannot get into a shootout with the Chiefs. They have way too many weapons. I mean, their backup running back is Le'Veon Bell, who might be the best receiving back in the NFL. (laughs) There's just so many weapons. What I think the Browns can do to win this game, is you touched on, Jesse, they've got two legitimate starting running backs. And so with Chubb and Hunt, you can basically just pound and pound and pound and pound and keep Mahomes off the field. That's the only way you beat this team. If you try to beat them in a shootout, you are going to lose. And we're going to see Baker Mayfield look as bad as he's been all year. We've seen
2: teams I think Miles Garrett like needs to have a big day too, though. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He needs to get to him at least once or twice.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be really important for the Browns. I think Miles Garrett has to get to Patrick Mahomes. Uh he's got to create some kind of havoc in the backfield. And I agree with you, Wayne. They gotta run the football. Uh to be fair, that's a no lose situation for Brandon. He picks him 38-35. He looks like a star. They lose. It's like, ah, oh, the Browns are supposed to lose anyway. So don't, don't give me that shit, Brandon. Well, his
1: <laughs> take is the Chiefs play down to their competition all year, and that bites them in the ass today.
2: They did lose to the Raiders, um, who uh, are not a superior team by, by any stretch, you know, um, missed the playoffs. Um, but I think even in the scenarios where the Chiefs have had to – have limited offensive opportunities because teams have tried that strategy where they've tried to keep Patrick and the offensive on the sideline. They have such an electric offense, such a dynamic offense. You know, the, their weapons can score in a matter of seconds, especially with Tyree Kill. Oh, um, it it, it's a nice game plan in theory and on paper, that but, you know, putting it into action and then putting up points yourself is the actual struggle. So um, I hope that, you know, you're going to have to see a huge game from a guy like Jarvis Landry. Um, that guy has to put up, you know, 10 to 12 catches. I um, you know, you hope one of them ends up in the end zone. Um, and the running backs, too, I mean, they're going to have to put up, I would think, at least 150, 200 rushing yards as a team.
1: Now, we talked about uh, running quarterbacks and how – Patrick Mahomes has the ability to get out and run, and that can hurt you once you have all the receivers covered. We saw the Patriots get killed with it all year because they play man-to-man every game, and they'll cover the receivers great. They have a great secondary, but then the quarterback just runs for 12 yards, no matter who the quarterback is because there's that open lanes because everybody's in coverage. My question is, do you think Jabril Peppers is used as a spy today?
0: He, he very well may be. I mean, it, it, it would be a solid game plan. Uh, it, it would. It's one that, I mean, honestly, Mahomes is at his best when he is improvising and things like that, because then you're trying to cover Tyree kill, like on a random that it's just flag football, you know what I mean? And you can't cover Tyree kill playing flag football. So it's like, you, you know, those guys are going to get open. Um, it would be a good game plan. I, I, I think the difference there too, is going to be again, like I said, I hate to harp on it, miles Garrett. And he's going to, he's got to get there and he's got to create havoc. If, if he lets, Mahomes sit in his spot. It's gonna be a long day for the Browns, I think.
2: Yeah, the longer Patty has to think and play with his weapons, the more dangerous they are. So, the faster that defense can get to him, um, if they can throw some linebacker pressure at him, if they can maybe bring a safety blitz, um, they they certainly have to mix it up as a defense and get to Patrick Mahomes a few times. They have to make him uncomfortable.
0: All right, so real quick, it's nine and a half over/under set at fifty-seven. What do we got? Ooh. And you know who it's nine
2: and a half in favor for? I don't know. Oh oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wayne, you go first.
1: Uh, I take take the points in the over. I do. I guess the the Browns don't want to be in a shootout, but they're going to end up in one. I think.
2: I'm taking the points in the under.
0: I think I'm laying them and going and going the over.
2: It's a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: that, yeah, I, I don't. I think that, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Browns are playing well. They're still the fucking Browns.
2: They don't win in a shootout like. <laughs> there. there's, there's no way if it's that many points that they're they're in it because that means that Kelsey and Hill and the running backs for the Kansas City Chiefs have gotten into it. So that was 20 That would scare me if it's that many points. 38-20.
1: Oh, so even if you take the points, then it, it, it covers. They cover the spread at thirty eight twenty, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, okay. oh, so you're giving up the points?
0: Yeah, that's what I said. I'm laying the points. I, I didn't
1: know, know what laying means. Mean. It's fucking. Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: she's, <laughs> she's nine and a half. It's she's not like
2: a gambling novice. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, and then all right. Next game we got is the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, against the soon-to-be-crying-like-babies New Orleans Saints. Uh, We got this in the Superdome, which I'm not really a fan of, Um, and uh, in uh, in a spot where we've lost the last two, but it's playoff time. So
2: what do we think, guys? Well, I'm surprised you don't like the fact that it's inside the dome because – I would be nervous for you if, if the night was shown because Tampa Tom doesn't really like playing at nighttime. He's a sleepy boy. That's right, um, at so 9 o'clock should, bedtime. You should be glad that you know they're not going to show him that it's nighttime. Maybe they'll paint it it's daytime up there. <laughs> um, but uh, I think overall this is going to be a fantastic game. It's probably going to be the closest game of every matchup we've seen this weekend. Um, um, obviously one of historic proportions when we look at the two quarterbacks in play, but of, of course they're not going to be on the field at the same time. Um, I think that um, my heart wants me to take the Saints. My head says it's going to be the Bucks because I just don't believe that an NFL team um, can beat uh, another NFL team three times in one season. Um, I want to believe that they can, but I just think that it's going to be too difficult for, um, you know, the Saints and, and Peyton, Sean Payton, to do that. Uh, I think that on the other side, you're going to have Brady, Leftwich and Arians getting their head together and using every healthy weapon they have to advance to the next stage.
1: Yeah, um, you know, Brandon says uh, the Bucks 27-23. So a lot of close games here in, in Brandon's eyes. And he also says uh, Drew Brees is 5-2 and two versus Brady, but I fail to believe anyone beats Brady three times in a season. Uh, Brady in the playoffs gets my pick every time. Now,
0: playoff time.
1: It's, it's solid logic, uh, so I can't argue the logic of it. But I will say this, that 75% of Tom's playoff wins have come in the snow or come in the cold. You know, Tom – might be the best bad weather quarterback in the history of the NFL, and I'm curious what his playoff record is against dome teams or in a dome or in warm weather. Obviously, he's you know six and three in the Super Bowl, which is always warm weather or dome. You know, I think that the Saints are going to win this game now. So unlike Jesse, my heart is with the Buccaneers because as a Patriots fan, I still root for Tom. I want Tom to keep winning. But I think that the Saints defense no, has his number. I think that their ability to control the ball, not only on the ground with Kamara, but through the passing game, which Drew Brees does is as good as anybody, I would say that the, the Saints are probably going to win this game.
0: So my heart is obviously with the Bucks, and my head is torn here because I think a lot's going to have to do with how our offensive line plays. Um, because I think that's what's dictated the last two games is Cameron Jordan just absolutely destroying Tristan Wirfs and making him look like a rookie tackle. Now, Tristan Wirfs is, you know, one of the better rookie tackles, graded as the highest rookie tackle, you know, one of the better rookies this entire season. But nonetheless, Cameron Jordan is a solid all-pro. He's good, and he's going to make you look bad. Uh, Tom Brady needs time, I think, to operate in this offense, um, it's an offense that isn't just quick shooting, in my opinion. It's 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 players, like, you know, running overlying routes and players getting open behind other guys and things like that. Um, so hopefully we can get time, uh, and obviously I think we're going to win. I would think it's <sighs> – Twenty eight, twenty one, more, more so, maybe 28-24, something like that. I think, I think it is going to be a pretty close game. Line set at two and a half, New Orleans with an over under of fifty three. So,
2: how healthy are the receivers for the Bucks? Sully? You know, Godwin and Evans. Uh, <laughs> heard they're not really a hundred percent. Are they actually? Or, or no, no,
0: I don't think anybody is a hundred percent right now. To be fair, like at this time, like you know, it's it's week nineteen in the NFL season. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, they're they're a little dinged up. I don't think it's going to stop them in any way. Uh, the issue is Lattimore's historically shut. Mike Evans kind of down. Um, he plays extremely well against him, and I think Mike Evans needs to kind of succeed. If, if he doesn't, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown need to really step up. So, what well, I like about
1: Brandon's comments about that, uh, Jesse is Brandon's comment says a different team than they were weeks one and nine. AB is clicking. And I think Antonio so Brown Cron- could be the. as well. Yeah, so Antonio Brown to me is the X factor here Because we talk about teams that need a one receiver Like Antonio Brown is a one receiver yes. And he's their third receiver <laughs> yeah, So no. that's the danger that they pose yeah.
0: um, so also, Two and a half, what do we got?
1: We said it was two and a half?
0: It's two and a half for New Orleans Minus yeah. two and a half New Orleans Over under 53, what do we got? I'm, I'm, taking,
2: the, would- I'm taking the over um, and now uh, I'm taking the Saints, and uh, I think they're going to beat them by more than that, that spread. Is it
1: 43? So, 53.
0: 53.
1: I'm going to take uh, uh, New Orleans in the over as well. Um I mean, the last one, I think, was like 38 to 3 or something like that, which is 41. I think the Bucks are going to put up more points, but I still think it's going to be – I think they're going to cover the spread, and I think the Saints are going to win. Uh, just a couple more comments we had here. Uh, Dave Sullivan uh, stays uh, – or stats say that the team encountering a team after beating them twice in a row wins 65% of the time. Um, so that's a good stat. Fun um, heard, heard what I and thought. And then uh, Brandon has said uh, – wait, oh, points and under all
0: day long. Agreed. You take the points, and you take this under. This game will not go over fifty-three. I, I, I that one, I'm pretty sure of.
2: You really, you really Which, me, which I'm Eddie
0: 50. the Mush. So put the money on the over right now, folks.
2: <laughs> and, and Ronald, Ronald Jones, Sully, is that someone that the Bucks are going to be able to rely on to uh, carry the ball? No,
0: Leonard Fournette's the start. Um, Re- Ronald Jones in one hundred percent. Leonard Fournette's the start. But I, I mean, I think we're going to use uh, last last week. We used Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. Um, and he was involved more. I, I think we're going to continue to do that. Um, I, you know, I just think we're going to try to use every weapon. You know, what are you waiting for? What are you holding back at this point? You know what I mean? So, so I think that's where we're going to go with this.
2: Full strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out.
0: Right. <laughs> now, before we get off the NFL, there's been a gluttony of hires. Uh, uh, Roberts, of the Jets, uh, somebody, I had no idea who his name is, what Jesse or Wayne, what's his name? Oh, here we go. Arthur Smith.
2: Yeah. the, Pal- uh, to, to the-, the
0: Falcons. Yeah. Truthfully. I didn't even know he was a person. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then, uh, Bill O'Brien, we'll talk about it. Leaves the NFL, uh, goes to Alabama. Um, so what do you guys think about th- these hires? First, we'll start with Robert of the Jets.
2: I think that's a fantastic hire. I think you, when you look at the side by side of him and Gase, one actually looks like a motivator and an NFL coach, um, and the other looks like a goofball. Um, so I think that's a fantastic hire for them. I think that he's a guy that was highly coveted for some time, um, and he picked his spot. And I think if he can succeed in New York, whether it's with Donald or or someone else, then um, that'll be really huge for him. But it's also a huge stage.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Robert Saleh a lot. I think that uh, this is a guy who uh, is going to win a lot of football games eventually with the team. He is a motivator. Like you said, that's his his high energy. I think that's what this team needs. They've been down in the dumps so long that having a guy come in and high-fiving people and just having that energy is going to be great for them. Rex Ryan was that guy, and he did really well with the Jets. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's also a genius at blitzing. But <clears throat> I think that uh, I like Robert Saleh as the hire. I, I like – we didn't mention it, but Urban Meyer, I think is going to be an interesting hire with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm curious what you guys think as far as who he hires as his coordinators. Um, the guy from the Titans, I don't know if I would offer him a head coaching job. He must have interviewed really well because his strategy has basically been handed to the 250 pound running back that runs a 4-4. So <laughs> and
0: and, and to, to hire for the Falcons where they don't run the football at all, That's that's not, they have one of the best wide receiver, arguably the best wide receiver tandem in the league and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, like, don't get me wrong. I I understand this guy has led a fantastic offense the last two seasons, um, but I don't see the the mesh of the teams personally. If you send him to, I don't even know, but somewhere that actually runs the football and things like that, like then I think it would have fit more. Uh, This one I don't understand at all.
2: I think it's unfair for someone like myself or you guys, if you're willing to, to give Ryan Tannehill any type of praise for improving his game without giving any of that to Arthur Smith. He's been the offensive coordinator with Tennessee uh, during uh, Tannehill's tenure. Um, I've seen him steadily improve year after year and become um, less of a backup situation in Miami and a failed uh, first round pick to being someone who has taken the Titans into the playoffs the last couple of years and looked more than serviceable. So I think Arthur Smith, you know, probably earned his shot um, when you look at his whole body of work. Um, I'm not sure if, um, you know, co- coaching is the, the entire uh, problem with Atlanta. Um, when you look at Matt Ryan on the downslope um, and you look at that defense continuing to give up leads, um, I think they give up more leads um, than anybody I've ever seen Um And um, as far as, uh, Wayne, your question with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, I think he definitely needs to rely heavily on NFL experience, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Um, He's stepping into a world he doesn't really know. Um, I know football is football, but this is um, a different type of game. They're playing at a different speed. And he didn't really run a pro-style offense um, down um, in any of his programs. So I think he's going to need someone who runs pro-style offenses in the NFL Um, Because I don't think um, what he used in college is going to end up being successful here in the NFL.
1: Now, I want to say as far as the – you mentioned the Tannehill and and his career being turned around with this guy as the offensive coordinator. It's really a double-sided coin because if we're going to give him credit for Tannehill's success, I also want to give him credit for Mariota's lack of success. So it's – you know, you you got one – it's the same thing. And so it's, I don't know if he's an offensive genius. Like we've heard the guys like, you know, uh, Brian Billick was called that Josh McDaniels is called that. These guys that are just able to scheme no matter who their personnel is. If all he can do is scheme with Tannehill and he couldn't scheme with Mariota. I think that how's he going to do in Atlanta. It's still a question mark for me. Um, we talked about coordinators again. I don't know an offensive coordinator. I think the perfect defensive coordinator for him would be Matt Patricia, who has obviously uh, anyone you can get from the Patriots is great. Chad O'Shea as an offensive coordinator, maybe you know these are guys that you want to bring in because they have that winning pedigree. And Patricia, obviously, is a rocket scientist that helps. Um, but you know, I think he's also very low key. So I think if you, you want to bring in somebody like a Rex Ryan type, you know, who's got the big personality, because Urban Meyer is very low key, and so I don't think you want to bring in somebody who's going to overshadow you personality wise. Patricia's that guy. He's a very quiet dude. And I think that he knows the game of football. So that's why I would use as my defensive coordinator um, real Maybe, quick. Uh, Brandon did have a question for us. This quick NFL question for you guys. Is Devontae Adams the best wide receiver in the NFL? I have him fourth behind Hopkins, DK and Julio. DK shouldn't be on that list. Um, but
0: okay. DK shouldn't be on that list. I don't think uh,
2: I, th- Where, I Devontae where's Adams,
0: really high though. Really, really, really high.
2: Yeah, he's definitely, he's for sure a top three or four receiver. Um, but yeah, DK is not on that list for me.
1: He's, he's as high as number uh, – to me, D-Hop is number one. I mean, he's the yep. best receiver in the NFL. I yeah,
0: he's the best receiver in the NFL. Uh,
1: then I guess you have the argument between Devontae Adams and Julio. Julio has not been Julio for the past couple of seasons, mm-hmm. so that would put Adams ahead of him. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is another guy. He didn't have a great year this year. Um, I don't know,
0: have Michael Thomas in my top five
1: at all. Uh, anybody who can catch 120 balls in a year is, is solid to me. <laughs> not a um, Catch
0: per clip is two point eight yards. Like,
1: yeah, know. but he's not Edelman or Welker. You know, he's actually a legit big wide receiver. I, I don't know. Anyways, so for me, it's Hopkins number one. So Adams is high as number two.
0: I would I would agree. I'd, I'd probably have Adams the lowest. I'd have Adams is three. I think you know, and and I'd have to like, because I personally I have Tyreek Hill really high up there too. I think I, he, I think he does a lot more than just go deep. And and I obviously having Patrick Mahomes helps, but I think he'd be a star pretty much anywhere. But I digress.
2: <laughs> For Jacksonville OC, you guys actually mentioned this guy in your last show, Marvin Lewis. I don't think he's ready for a jump uh, from being being unemployed to then uh, an NFL head coach, but maybe that transition to being an experienced um, NFL mind could get him to be an OC in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer.
0: He'd have to be a defensive coordinator. He, he wasn't an offensive guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, I'm not sure Urban Meyer would want to go with an experienced head coach kind of NFL guy on offense because I think Urban Meyer's going to run a run his offense. That's always been his baby. That's been his clip. Like, that's his thing. Um, I think he may want to kind of keep that to a guy that is going to – maybe not conform to what he wants, but kind of, you know, go with his flow, kind of what he wants to run, things like that. I don't think he should take it on himself because I think when a, when a coach wears multiple hats, that's when they fail for the most part. Um, but I, would, I don't expect him to hire a, a big name. I like the Matt Patricia for de- defensive coordinator, though.
1: I do like that. Uh, Brandon does say about Patricia. He says uh, Patricia didn't look like a rocket scientist in Detroit. Well, I'll also say it's different being a head coach than being a defensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels is an offensive genius, and he did not look like a good head coach in, in Denver. Who's so, he
0: hiring? Who's he getting looked at right now? Uh, uh, Eagles, Eagles. The Eagles, Eagles. That's right. Put in for to to talk to him. That's right. I actually like that fit a lot. I'm not going to lie.
1: I don't. I don't think it's a I
0: great think, fit. I think he'd make Carson Lentz or Jalen Hurts a really good quarterback.
1: I think he waits it out in New England. And, and because he's still getting paid like a head coach, he's probably the the like the 13th highest paid coach in the NFL right now. Yeah. And he's the offensive coordinator. So it's like, you know, it's not about money. At this point, it's just about can I run my own team? And yeah. does he really want to do that or does he want to wait out Belichick? Because working for the Patriots, whether they're seven and nine or, you know, 14 and two, that's a really good situation in New England. So it's like that's a situation you want to take over. The, the, the culture is already established. You're just keeping it going. That's
0: true. Sure. Excuse me. All right, now let's move on to, to the college game a bit here, and uh, give give the Alabama boy his congrats down there. Uh, congratulations on the national championship! Uh, Alabama looked fantastic. Um, I'm honestly a little upset we didn't get a Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, you know, kind of kind of shit going on there. I think they'd have put up a better fight than Ohio State would have. You know, in in either case, congratulations! Alabama looked great. Devontae Smith is, wow, he's special. Um, so, yeah, it's congratulations, man.
2: Yeah, that, that boy needs a whole room for his trophies. <laughs> uh, I was actually working. Um, it was my first night of work at my new job, and I'm working, you know, 2 to 1030. Um, and so I had uh, my headphones and listening to that game as it's going. And, you know, I, um, the, um, I believe you guys were actually Aaron um, as that game was starting as well. <laughs> Um, So, you know, it was pretty tight there as the game had started. It was, you know, 7-7, then 14-14. And then Alabama really started to separate themselves. You know, Najee Harris just really is a beast. Uh, Devonta Smith um, really flexed. I I think in the first half alone, he had 12 catches, three touchdowns, and over 200 receiving yards. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That that defense also just really bottled up uh, Ohio State. Um, I mean, it didn't didn't help um, Ohio State at all that – You know, their feature running back, Sermon, was out um, early, early in the game, I think, on their first drive. Um, So that certainly impacted the game. Um, But overall, I think Alabama was, um, from wire to wire, the best team in the nation. And I think they proved it on that night um, by winning by a couple scores. I think they ended up winning by 17 or 18, um, if not more. So uh, that defense looked great, too. Um, Barmore is, man, man, did he make himself some money that night? Yes, he did. You know, where where did you have him before the game, and where do you have him now, Because that defensive lineman, oh man, did he make it a nightmare? <laughs> I think both during the Notre Dame game and that game against Ohio State, he was a nightmare.
0: Yeah, I had him at thirty two to the Chiefs. He will definitely be moving up. Um, he will he will definitely be in the probably the teens, late teens, twenties, probably. Yeah, yeah what I mean this.
1: It's an Alabama team. I mean, they, they doubled their yardage. It's 621 yards to 341 yards. They dominated every aspect of the game. They are the best team in college football. I know there's an argument, are they the best t- team in college football history? Potentially. Uh, you look at this team, they, they cleaned house in the awards, quarterback, running back, you know, Heisman, you know, pretty much every award. They... Alabama won. Center. Yeah, It doesn't really yeah. matter where you put them. in. Yeah.
0: Every award they fucking won. It,
1: it's, it's a phenomenal team, and it, it might be the best team of all time. We touched on it a, a few seconds ago with Bill O'Brien going there.
0: Yeah. Awesome hire. Such incredible. a good hire for that team. Such, um, such a good hire. That's just, that culture is so incredible there.
1: I mean, when you can take guys who – can't really find a home in the NFL right now, but have NFL head coaching experience, NFL off. I mean, he was Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. You know, so it's like this is a guy who knows what he's doing, and you're getting an offensive coordinator. I mean, if he wasn't dead, uh, you know, the late great. So no disrespect, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out get Monty Kiffin to be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, they, they they did wonders for Monty Kiffin's son, Lane Kiffin. I mean, put him on the list of guys that helped turn around his career at Alabama. Same thing with with a guy in the NFL right now who's now getting head coaching calls. Brian Dable, he was an offensive coordinator for Alabama when they won the championship. Sarkeesian, um, I mean, all these guys are, you know, coming in there and, you know, Nick Saban's basically, you know, polishing them up and making them look real fancy with the weapons. I mean, not saying these guys don't have – um, you know offensive and um, you know great football acumens as it is but um, they get to flex it with all the toys that Alabama has um, and I think you know this seventh championship as a head coach really puts Nick Saban in his own stratosphere um, you know even when you look at him against Bear Bryant well I was gonna ask Sully because uh,
1: Brandon had a draft question for him as well he said uh, Sully does this raise your draft stock on Devontae Smith I mean I think you had him sixth anyways right
0: so. <laughs> yeah I mean it, it it doesn't
2: just because I'm, <sighs> Jamar Chase is still going to be the first. That's
0: what I mean. Like, Jamar Chase, everybody just has For like Chase, a. a forget a about it. Jamar man. Chase did all of this last year. He did the same exact thing with Joe Burrow last year, except he's six to 205 pounds and has a body and, and built like a wide receiver. Devontae Smith is unfortunately six to 170 pounds. So like, wet. So, <laughs> like, soaking wet in a pair of football pads. I mean, you saw, like, I get it. The guy gets separation. He's great. I think he needs to gain 10 or 15. I, I'm not going to deny what he does on the field. There's insane talent. I just think Jamar Chase is unt- – the kid's super special too. He's like – he's he's a rare blue chip prospect.
2: Were you surprised to see Waddle play in that game, Sully? Uh,
0: I was, but – I know was
2: I, I limited mean, snaps, but I think he just wanted to show that – Then, hey, was-
0: my Achilles is back, and he looked good. And I'm t- I had Waddle way ahead of Jalen Smith. I had Waddle as, I think, my number six overall prospect going into the season. So, and, and I think he's a much better actual pure wide receiver than, than Devontae Smith. So, I, I mean, I think they both have a shot to go top 10, top 15, cause Jalen Waddle's gonna run a stupid fast 40 and he's gonna be stupid quick. Like he is, he's the closest thing we've seen to Tyreek Hill, a guy that can get Never. to four two on his first step. Like that's, yeah. that's so we'll see how the Achilles does with that.
2: Uh, I hope he doesn't show out too much in whatever okay. Combine they be, they may be able to do. I don't know if there's any updates on what the NFL plans to do for Combine. I know Wayne had touched on it last time, but yeah. um, I hope he doesn't show out too much because I know you had given Waddle to the Patriots in your last mock. So Yes. I want that type of weapon.
0: Exactly. I think he'd be scary. I really do, especially if you can get a, a quarterback as well in free agency. I think he'd be a good player.
2: I agree with Wayne, though. I mean, Pitts is a monster, too. I wouldn't be mad with that.
0: I just – so realistically, I don't think Pitts lasts that long. I just – it was tough to find a spot because somebody – what's going to happen is somebody's going to have a need at a position that there's a player, but Kyle Pitts is going to be there and they're going to say, you know what, that's that's a – A weapon we can't pass and I think that's what's going to happen with Pitts more than anything Uh, and that's just tough to predict where somebody's going to take him so I expect him to go way higher than 16 so that was kind of my my issue with putting him at 15.
2: I don't mean to go off on a tangent but I want to ask you both how how is uh, Pitts as a blocker?
0: He doesn't exist as a blocker. Uh, he's Darren Waller. You, if uh, you put him on the line, everybody knows he's not actually blocking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's telling. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think Allen Robinson weighs more than Michael than Kyle so not, Pitts.
2: Not really a tight end.
0: Yeah. Not at all. Not okay. at all. Really a tight end. He's he, he,
2: but he like, the Mackey Award.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, he's listed as a tight end, but you are not gonna. You, he is not George Kittle. I think, not at all. <laughs>
1: And that's why I always said that Gronk was the best of all time because he's basically a a second tackle out there. You know, I mean, in terms of blocking. Plus he runs a four-six and get open.
0: Yeah, and his body control I think is what makes him special. He can adjust and find the ball better than almost anybody I've ever seen at the tight end position. It's wild.
2: And he's gotten better as the year goes on too. I mean, some of the tight catches that he's been able to make, uh, I think the emergence of, you know, him, but more so, like you guys had said, Antonio Brown, Makes Tampa so scary. It, it definitely worries me in that game. I don't mean to bring us back to the NFL, but um, th- th- that scares me there. Um, but yeah, I mean having um, having Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, I'm kind of I- I'm nervous um, because of uh, you know what he's done. But I'm excited for the fact that he can't start trading these players away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I- I'm curious to see what he does um, because I know he won't be the you know like the big guy in control. Saban's always going to be that guy. Um, but I'm definitely a mix of curious and nervous to see how, Brian, uh, how Bill O'Brien will do there.
1: Well, you mentioned a great conversation. Is uh, Nick Saban the greatest coach of all time, college football coach? I know he's got the seven championships, like you mentioned. Bear Bryant has six. And Bear Bryant also won those championships in a year when the press just named the national champion. You didn't have a playoff. Mm-hmm. Now, doubled, like a double-sided double coin. Maybe if he had a playoff, he would have only had two championships. But the fact that I think Bear Bryant, I do put him a little bit ahead of Saban. Uh, Saban. Uh, Newt Rockney, even though it was a, a shorter career, Newt Rockney's is like 105 and 12 in his career. He had five national championships You know, with Notre Dame. Game. so i mean those are two guys i might put ahead of him but i definitely think he's in the top you know three to five conversation.
2: yeah in the era that he's won them in and how they keep changing it up and trying to make them not win with the playoff and with the different formats um you know he, he's played and evolved um i mean alabama used to be the straight defensive team and now they've got teams you know they've got players winning the heisman um at quarterback and uh, running back so um, I think that you know he has proved more than any other coach how to win in an era where you're not supposed to win like he does.
0: In the last three non-quarterback winning Heismans, bef- uh, go. Oh,
1: uh, it's uh, uh, Trent Richardson, uh, Derrick Henry, and DeBody
2: Smith. Yep. All Alabama. I was going to say Mark Ingram.
0: <laughs> Mark Ingram's in there. Mark general. Ingram,
2: women, not Trent Richardson. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mark in- All Alabama guys. So, I mean, they, they they do it. They do it. Um, all right. Now, we only got 10 minutes, but we got to get to it. Fat boy to the Nets. Uh, yep. Huge, massive trade. Um, uh, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, he had his debut uh, last night. First player ever with a 30-point triple-double debut. uh the guy falls out.
2: both deals in a block, too.
0: I know. Him, I mean, here's the thing is when you call a guy with that much talent fat and, like, you ridicule him and you beat him down that much, he's going to come back with a vengeance. I mean, guys, like, like we just got to remember these guys are elite athletes When they want to be turned on. Most of them can. Uh, to be fair, Kevin Durant had what, like 47 or something like that? 42. He balled out. So, I mean, they look great. The team looks good, man. They're going to be really hard to beat, I think.
2: Durant looks scary good on offense again. Uh, I think he's one of the most lethal scorers that we have in the NBA today and, and pro- probably have had all time. Um, and uh, as far as Harden, I'm pretty convinced he's wearing a fat suit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he's lost in, in a week. No way, you know, in that Rockets gear he looks chunk, and then now, I mean, in that Nets gear he didn't he didn't look like that. So that was that was a fat suit. I'm pretty sure that was like Nutty Professor ish. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two balled out. Um, I'm sure Kyrie's still trying to figure out if the Earth is flat. Um, I don't know when when or if we'll see him again. I'm I'm curious to see how they'll integrate him and uh, what it will do to the impact of that team in the offense. Um, because you guys have touched on it too, how ball dominant all three of those players are. So it's going to be curious to see how it works in-game and, of course, at the end of games. Um, but so far, one game in, looked deadly. Um, yeah. I do I do hate that they lost Jared Allen, though. Yeah, me too. Now,
1: I think that the Kyrie Irving is a topic all of his own. Um, for me, in terms of just the trade, again, James Harden's a special, special talent. He is a top five player in the NBA. He goes out there gets a thirty point triple double. That's and I mentioned it to you uh, when you sent me the stats. I said, well, it's just James Harden doing James Harden stuff. <laughs> that's, that's what he does, you know. Um, but I will say this is that the Rockets still won that trade. Uh, if, if you look at this, yes. basically the, the the overall rebuild they went through because it was really two trades, but let's just call it a fourteen trade for the sake of it. The Houston Rockets traded James Harden for Victor Oladipo and essentially eight first-round picks. I mean four unprotected first-round picks and then four pick swaps. So they basically got eight first-round picks and Victor Oladipo for James Harden. That's a win. Not only the fact that Oladipo, which again is kind of another topic, but Oladipo I think fits amazing with John Wall and that team. Although there are rumors that he might want to just go to Miami. He doesn't want to be in Houston.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's on the last year of his deal, too. Um, so it's kind of like a rent-a-player for this season. So they may have to move him real fast, too, to Miami. But I, I doubt why would Miami move him if, if they know he just wants to come there anyway? So I, I don't know about that. I, I do think Houston won the trade, for sure. Um, I, I definitely do think they got the better end of, of, of the deal because eight picks can turn into – God only knows what. You know what I mean? Like the, the the sky's the limit. You have no idea. Um but you know, from the, the uh net side, you know, losing Jared Otta I think was tough. I personally would try to move Kyrie Irving for for a top notch front court player, um and, and get like a, a, a rim protecting big uh that that would be on the market right now.
2: Yeah, I mean well, young yeah, Jordan's still gonna get you some rebounds, but I mean I was curious to get you guys to take I me. Mean, where does this put the Nets now? Do you have them finishing two or three in the East now? Uh, I think the Do you have them they beating use. out the Celtics. Yeah, they're better than the Celtics. I
1: mean, just talent wise. Uh, I still think they, like Sully said, they have to move Kyrie Irving. I think that that's going to be part of it. It's going to be hard because he's obviously really hurt his trade value with his antics over the last couple of weeks. So you're not going to get an elite. You know, player for him, even though he's still technically elite, you're going to have to get basically uh, somebody who's on the fringe of elite or somebody who maybe has had some injury problems, but when he's healthy, he's elite. You know what I mean? So I would look at a guy like, um, you know, guys like Blake Griffin, uh, Andre Drummond wants out of Cleveland, although I don't think Cleveland would take Kyrie back because of how that divorce went. Um, but they could work out some sort of a three team trade where, and, and I mean, if you add Andre Drummond to that Nets team, jeez, I mean, yeah, it's no question, number one, they're going to the finals. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's what I would do is look at some sort of trade. And, and speaking of Andre Drummond, just to get your guys' take, because he does want out, and the guy all he's doing is averaging 23 and 18 or something like that in the season.
2: That's all he does for his life. <laughs> well, he's mean, been- he, had, he just had a 30-20 game um, with the Cavs, and I'm pretty sure that was his 43rd 2020 game. It's the most since the merger, only behind Moses Malone and Dwight Howard. I mean, he's
0: just a, a, an absolute monster. How he's not – like, I don't understand how he's not the most coveted player in the NBA.
2: He's, he's improved his free throw game so much, too. I think he ended up going, like, 13 of 17 or 12 of 17. So, in that game where he had 33 and, like, 22, he had double-digit free throws made. So, I mean, the guy certainly improved his game all around. Um, he'll get you some blocks and some steals as well. So, I, I fell in love with him as a Pistons fan. And, then I mean, I just want to see the dude win a ring. So, I think, you know, I agree with you, Wayne. If he's added to that Nets team, it's over. And to answer your question, sorry, the reason he's
1: not mentioned in those conversations is because, one, lack of versatility in his offensive game. It's all dunks and layups and putbacks. And two, even though he pulls down 15 to 20 rebounds a game, he's not a very good defender.
0: No, I know that. But, I mean, he's a really good offensive rebounder, which I think is like a, a super underrated skill in a lot of
2: players. So. Rebounding isn't as coveted as it, as it used to be. You know, it's not seen as like a third part of the game anymore. It's, you know, can you score or can you defend? And I think rebounding is certainly a part of the game that Drummond has always been able to produce.
0: All right. Well, we probably won't talk about it a lot, so let's get to it. Um, the NHL started. Uh, And personally, I'm a big NHL fan. Uh, I'm a big Lightning fan. You guys know that. Uh, The Lightning looked dominant. Uh, We're coming out there blowing the walls off of people. Uh, I I know Wayne won't be able to speak on this at all. So you can just sit there and look pretty. Um,
1: I I think Leroy is going to repeat as the heart trophy. Leroy is
0: definitely going to repeat as the heart trophy. Leroy (laughs) Hall. Leroy Hall for the (laughs) ship. Uh, and then also uh, Francisco Lindor to the Mets. Uh, absolutely massive deal. Um, the Mets are, are becoming a real scary team uh, in the MLB. Uh, also, Wayne, you won't be able to talk on it. So sit there, look pretty. Um, I don't I baseball. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, just two big things that we weren't able to touch on really throughout the show, but maybe we can get a little time in here at the end.
2: Absolutely. Uh, NHL-wise, uh, I'm still a little hurt. Um, In my butt area, about Zidane Chara leaving Boston and going and signing with the Caps, Um, but you know that did move Patrice Bergeron to the captain, and I think you know he's always been seen as that type of guy, and he's one of the better players I've ever seen with Boston. Um, I'm a little curious to see how the Bruins will do this year. Um, As far as Tampa, they do look dominant. Um, You know they have not taken their foot off the gas pedal since winning the Stanley, Um, and I'm curious to see how they'll do against teams like Pittsburgh. Um, and, um, you know, I'm not even sure who the upper echelon teams are because I know it's a cond- – Colorado is scary uh, good. It, it, it's a condensed season. Uh, we went from playing, what, 82 to how many games we're playing, 56?
0: I believe it's 56. I can't remember, honestly. Yeah,
2: so they've chopped uh, about 25 or so games off the season. So uh, I'm curious to see um, what that will do for uh, goalies and um, really um, all the NHL players as a whole. Um, um, but uh, as far as MLB – um, the the Sox aren't really doing much. Um, so that's what I can provide you there. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, Francisco Lindor being traded from the Indians uh, over to uh, the Mets was a huge deal. Um, that offense is scary. Uh, they have um, Alonzo. Yes, yeah, so I was I was thinking of his uh, his nickname. Was it like Polar Bear? Pear, polar Bear, yeah. Um, he, he, he loves Alonzo. <laughs> <laughs> baseball i love that dude um they have such a young team um that um i'm excited for that team you know i want to see um that team win as opposed to uh the team. yeah the the gross evil empire so anything um that um other teams in baseball can do to keep them down um but i still see brooklyn um, i almost called them brooklyn um the uh the dodgers over there in l.a (laughs) Still, <laughs> <are you>, 77?
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> fucking Brooklyn Dodgers? How old are you? you have been it's Brooklyn been, since like ot 05.
2: <laughs> doing my best Wayne impression. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I still think they're the best team in baseball. I agree. And uh, uh, yeah. what happened to the Rays? What? What happened to the Rays, man? Did they just ship off everybody?
0: I mean, we still got Randy and Rosarena, bro. Watch out, bro. We just, <laughs> we, you know, Blake Snell wanted a ton of money. Uh, he wanted a lot of money, and we couldn't. You know, we just we can't pay people that kind of money. So we're going to trade you.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'm glad to see the Mets get more offense because I don't know if I can watch my boy Jacob Degrom go one more season with a one nine ERA and go ten and twelve. 10 and you know? 12. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like it finally get some offense out there. Although it could be like Clemens with the Rockets again. Rockets with the uh, Houston what if, Astros. What if we're both of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clemens with the Astros, where he again he had a losing record, but he had an ERA under two. Just because the team would score runs when he wasn't pitching, um, <laughs> so sometimes that happens. Um, as far as hockey, I mean, my two cents on it. You mentioned Sully; the Colorado does look great. I think uh, Nathan McKinnon could be your Hart Trophy winner. Um, yeah,
0: that's a very good prediction, Wayne.
1: Yeah, I think that might be. And then, of course, my rookie of the year prediction for the NHL uh, would be, you know, Alexis Lefrenier from the uh, the Rangers. I think that's a couple of names a lot of people out there don't know if they don't really follow hockey. Uh, I pulled them off of USA Today's predictions, so uh, nice. not, to, not to pat myself too hard on the back. I just read it and wrote it down.
0: They're <laughs> <laughs> not bad. I'll tell you, Nate McKinnon yeah. looks incredibly good. He's – I mean, the kid's just everything you want in a hockey player. He's a leader. He's a scorer. He's a defender. He's he's really good. I mean, it's tough to knock out Connor McDavid. Um, you know, possibly from that spot, or Leon Drysaddle, you know, Leroy Hall, either whichever <laughs> one. Um, the, the both of them are just monsters. Uh, and and potential, you know, hundred point scores in full seasons. But yeah, Nate McKinnon looks looks really really good. Cole McCair, or Cole Maker Makar. I don't know how to M A K A R. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, he's a he's a legitimate stud in the back end. Uh, I I mean that team's gonna be really hard to beat coming out of the West. Or whatever division they're in now.
2: Yeah, it's been a little mixed up this year.
0: Be a weird I, don't even, I don't even know them all now. So,
1: the uh, the baseball move that I really liked, and I didn't have to look this one up, was uh, Corey Kluber to the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, one one year, eleven million dollars. That's a great gamble for them uh, because so. if he does return to his Cy Young form, I mean that rotation is ridiculous, and their lineup's already stacked. So.
2: Yeah. It's been a couple years since he's looked. Really, really good, though. Yeah, last year he—I think he—in his one outing for the Rangers, he ended up tearing something. So he well, got lit up uh, too, I think. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of money for a guy who hasn't really been his normal self in a couple seasons. But I mean, it's a scratch sticker for. And uh, it's
0: baseball, eleven million ain't shit. Especially yeah. <laughs>
2: so yeah. they've got an endless payroll. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that'll do it, boys.
2: Hey, thanks yeah. for having me back on the show. Yeah awesome opportunity to talk about Alabama and the NFL playoffs. Uh, Did we miss anything, uh, Wade? Um, no, I mean, I think we
1: hit all the high points. Um, let me just take a look real quick uh, through my notes. <laughs> no, yeah, it looks like we got, again, pretty much all, again, there are little nuances to some of the topics,
2: but I think we hit all the,
1: the big points.
0: All
2: right. Hey, uh, game start starting uh, just a few hours here, guys. Uh, we've got... Uh, I'm
0: excited.
2: First game, first game is uh, Cleveland and Kansas City. So, yeah, uh, I'll be
0: bucks to get it.
2: I'm getting some pizza and wings ordered. So,
0: uh, is that part of that 75 day diet?
2: No, don't tell the guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's diet pizza. All right. <laughs> uh, dude, I was doing this wild, uh, diet now for right now where I'm, I'm not eating any food and I just drink protein shakes and water. um, it's disgusting. It's like eighteen hundred calories, like max, or like fifteen hundred calories. It's it's the most horrendous thing I've ever done in my life, and I hate every part of it. But I lost like nine pounds in like three days. Shit's been
2: lit. I'm gonna send you a picture of my pizza. I'm wearing. No, bad, <laughs> please.
0: Uh, I legitimately had to get up and and leave the break room yesterday because people were eating food and I could smell it, and it was like making me angry. Getting turned on. <laughs> uh, Jesse, you want to throw us out to Kenny? Wayne, you got the one graphic ready for today.
2: Absolutely, uh, Kenny. Uh, in the uh, the Kansas City Cleveland game, you taking the under or the over? Oops. It's over, <laughs>